and welcome back to another episode of The Last Take. Today, we're going to be doing some tier listing with sports announcers and personalities. Like, for example, we have Gus Johnson, Colin Coward, uh, Kirk Herbstreet's on the list here, and we'll give a lot more personalities as well. Um, Super Bowl weekend here this coming Sunday. We'll give our picks and predictions and just overall thoughts on the NFL season. And then we are about a month or so till the conference tournament starts. So we'll give our final four picks. Tommy Frazier, he is easily above Cam Newton. I, I highly doubt that. Nebraska finally beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Key players to watch, I have Casey Thompson and Anthony Grant. All-time wins-wise, we are still probably easily the best teams. How about that block punt there? That was highlight of the game for me. I mean, their safeties could not handle our receivers. That atmosphere can get pretty loud. Oh, boy. Where do you even get started? This is the last take. All right. Welcome to the last take. So we're going to start off right away with some tier listening. We're bringing it back. Last time we did best QBs of all time. Yep. Well, recently from like about late 90s to now, but... This time, we're going to do media personalities and broadcasters. Shout out to Mark for giving us this idea. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. So we're going to dive right in. So the first one is Al Michaels, legendary uh, announcer for NBC, and now he's with Amazon. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Oh, um, man. I mean, to be honest, like he is one of the best, but lately, it could be just because he's old. He's not really as much energetic as he used to. I would put him in the B, t- the B tier, honestly. A good like example was like... In the Jags game, when the Jags scored the game-winning touchdown, he had like no emotion. Yeah, just but in the end, but then he uh, he said that he just doesn't doesn't need to show emotion because he's old style of an announcer. Yeah, he doesn't need to be like Gus Johnson or Sean McDonough, so who's also like, on this list. It's later. like the opposite of Joe Buck, who started out when earlier or early in his career, he didn't show a whole didn't lot show of emotion. Much. Now, now he's, he's definitely showing more emotion. But yeah, I mean. Al Michaels, definitely one of the, uh, you know, top or well-known commentators, especially for the NFL, Sunday Night Football with Chris Collinsworth. I didn't watch a whole many Thursday night games uh, this year with him on Prime now. Well, did really anybody? Yeah, I mean. To be honest. Uh, yeah, those I games. Say the only game there were some rough games in there, too. A lot of people. Colts, yeah, Broncos. The best yeah. game possibly from the Thursday night was week what week three, Chiefs and Chargers. The first, the first one. one. It was like week, week two. two. Yeah. yeah, week two. Yeah, I, I put, say B. Yeah, I'm fine with B too. Yeah, Mark, Mark what do you think? Me. I got him in. I I think he's one of the top. I'm gonna different, differentiate from you guys. Be different. So I'm gonna put him in the A tier. Okay. Well, you're outvoted. I think we all said B. <laughs> we all say B. Okay. Like, what'd you say? Um, well, I didn't say anything, but I I think. A or B? I think we got to put him at B for now, because again, we'll look over He's, these in a minute, and we'll yeah, we'll, we'll finalize. Um, but let's set the standard at I don't know, because we got a good a lot of good personalities on this list as you'll go through. We have going. 19 more. Yeah so, yeah, so B for now. All right, so the next one, Colin Coward, is an interesting one. He's interesting lately. I don't know. I've, He's gotten better. I've been tending to like him more recently. You know, I think he calls out on people what the media doesn't call out on. Like, he calls out a lot on Aaron Rodgers. He's a big LeBron. I don't even know if you want to say supporter or doubter or He's whatever. He's the opposite of— He's just what's the opposite of what the media Skip Bayless. Wants Skip Bayless, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would put him again at B, but that's just me. Uh, I don't know. I feel like some of he has some antics sometimes that I don't just—that I think take away from it. I mean, we're in such a different—with these media personalities now, I mean— We'll go into some of these ones later. I don't want to bring them up now, but um, I just think some of the antics are not necessarily they're unprofessional because that's just what sports media does nowadays. There's a lot of personalities, you know. You get your uh, very hardcore opinions. I think you got to put them at C because I mean these are all great 
media personalities. And I think C isn't bad. It's just middle of the road. So I think he could go in C. I agree. C probably because, I mean, he's gotten better as the years have gone by, but he's still Colin Coward. So Yeah, I, I like Colin Coward a lot. I'd put him in A or B. I think a lot of his takes are, you know— very they're different from a lot of or at least some of his takes are different from what a lot of people have but i think he i actually think he gives great reasoning for a lot of them i also when uh Ru- russell wilson so he's a seahawks fan he's from or he grew up in western washington so around where i grew up but he grew up a seahawks fan unlike me and i uh, i enjoyed just how throughout the season he kept supporting russell wilson because he knows russell wilson's the greatest quarterback that that franchise has ever seen he was aware of that and you know, when the Seahawks fans were booing when he ran out of the tunnel, he was just pretty disgusted with the fans at that point. So I thought that was pretty cool just to see. And, and when he's wrong, too, he has admitted it as well. You know, you don't always see these personalities in the media that will say, you know, I was wrong about this or whatever. So I think he has some has some good takes in there. So I'd put him in A or B. I'm fine with B. Well, just for now, C. I agree with C. All right. So the next one, there is a lot of opinions on this guy. Chris Collinsworth. B. B? B. He's good at what he does. I'd say B. I mean, he's a decent analyst, but there's a lot of opinions, and the one I remember recently, the Patrick Mahomes stuff, like the ball's thrown in the dirt. He's like, what a throw from Mahomes. This is a beautiful play by him. And it, even there's when, definitely favoritism. You can. That's the big I, thing. I think it's as the years have gone by, he's gotten more uh, favoritism with like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Definitely. Tom Brady is a big Tom one. Brady. It's almost on the level of Tony Romo and Josh Allen. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean, he's good at what he does, like Mark said. But with that favoritism, like when Patrick Mahomes hurt his ankle, he's like, oh, he's finally human now. Like he doesn't have these supernatural abilities. I'm like, really? Like,. Yeah, it's just like there's some things I put him at. There's speed. definitely it, may, it might be sarcasm though, but it's it it's be. hard to see through it. Yeah, I think that's actually Dylan. You bring up a great point. Is that sarcasm? I think that is some things that sometimes just does not go across on the broadcast to for some people to understand. And I just feel like this season has kind of been one of the more outliers of him just being so biased towards Patrick Mahomes. I mean that it's just that throw in the dirt one, and when you're saying how good of it was that when that really wasn't a good play. I think that's a little one of those things where it's just like I. That's I coming know. from a Chiefs fan. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. well, because I mean, I love all the talk Patrick Mahomes gets. Because I mean, the Chiefs know we've had a lot of bad quarterbacks, and especially recently, recently until Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know C or B. He's done a lot. He has an iconic voice. You hear his voice, and it's I know just, who it is. Yeah, and so I think that. Will you put him in uh, B or C? Yeah, so Chris Collinsworth, you feel like he's a little bit biased against your team, then you're probably going to put him lower. So that's, in my case, it seems like Chris Collinsworth isn't a huge fan of the Denver Broncos. It's probably because we beat him all the time when he was a player and played for the Bengals. But, yeah, I mean, Chiefs fans, they'll, uh, you know, Chiefs fans will probably like Collinsworth more than Broncos fans because he thinks Patrick Mahomes is the greatest Same quarterback ever. Packers fans. And Packers fans. <laughs> So if it's me, I'm putting him pretty low on this list because I'm not a huge fan of him. But uh, objectively, I mean, he's probably around, you know, C tier or something. Yeah, I'd say probably right say below. below Colin Coward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So C tier yeah. or below Colin Coward. So the next one, this is one of the better ones in my opinion. Gus Johnson. S. I, yeah, S. Absolute it's just the, S. Ener- <laughs> the energy he puts into the announcing, like every big play. You hear his voice crack, or not as much as Sean McDonough, but... Or even the one, or he just makes this catchphrase, remember Denzel Ward's hit against Maryland? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me? Like, uh, just, And he, he's a multi-sport 
announcer as well. Mm-hmm. Like he does basketball as well. And he just excels at it, and he's very good at his job. And he's- I enjoy watching him on a big noon kickoffs because he makes the games look good, even though they're not like the Alabama Texas games. So, yeah, you bring up a great point. Um, I mean, Gus Johnson, he has that big game energy. I mean, when you have those like statement games in the, uh, across the college football season and Gus Johnson's commentating them, it feels like, all right, this is this could be a historic day. This could be something huge. I mean, even as something as uh, as bad as the Oklahoma-Nebraska game, he still made that first touchdown play feel like it was something special, and that game ended up being a train wreck. And so it really doesn't matter what game it is. He makes it every game feel important, and that's what I love about Gus Johnson. He just has that energy, and he has those catchphrases. And sometimes they're a little quirky and not as good, but a lot of times they're awesome and they're used fantastic. Like he said, the barbecue one. And so I think you put him at the top. Gus Johnson's awesome. I think that's who a lot of broadcasters aspire to be. He's got the swagger. He's in a lot of commercials now, and you just see him, and he's such a chill dude. So I, I think you got to put him at C. He's basically a fan watching Every single game mm-hmm. that he has, yeah. so but still professional. Mm-hmm. That that's the most important thing is the professionalism. At the same time, having energy. So S, I'm assuming. I yeah. put him, yeah, S or A. I, I don't think he's one of the. He's, I don't think he's the best in this list. I guess, but I would be fine with S or A. S is fun. S or A. I'd say yeah. we all said S. So yeah. S tier, he goes. All right, another very very good one. Some say the best. Jim Nance. S. It's not even close. S. 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 S above Gus Johnson. Just yep. the the legendary calls during March Madness or the legendary calls with football. Super Bowl. The Masters. The Masters. Oh, the Masters. The Masters. Super Bowls. All of them. He, he, He's iconic. The most iconic I can think of. So... Other than Al Michaels, but he's not as good on this list, too. So. I don't know if you guys have heard the story about Jim Nance when he was getting ready to call his first Super Bowl, uh, Indianapolis Colts against the Chicago Bears. Oh. And they were telling him before, just be ready for anything. And opening kickoff, Devin Hester takes it all the way. And, you know, he was ready for it because, you know, he, he had been waiting for that moment his whole life, gets to call a Super Bowl. It was pretty cool to hear him talk about that, but he's definitely an S tier for me. I'm sure that's an anonymous or uh, anonymous. S. All right. <laughs> now we go from Jim Nance, one of the greatest of all time, to Joe Buck. What are you guys' thoughts? B. B. Okay. Ooh, that in my, that's a that's a hot take. I say in that in my book, he's he's a D. His face makes me want to get mad at him. It's just you know the only he just shows lack of emotion. He he's a great baseball announcer. Yeah, he's so he's much a better at baseball. Football now, so much better at baseball. Not he, good he does with definitely have some really good calls though for the NFL. I always think of the Minneapolis Miracle or the uh, he did the uh, the twenty eight to three too. So yeah, that's another good mm-hmm. one. Um, I feel like this is another it's one. It's the bigger like games he does better. It's either like you know some people really like him some people don't like him so much so for me i'd put him right in c once again just being ob- trying to be objective here but uh, i feel like though in those announce like in those big game and uh moments that he's broadcasting and he show motion that was the team he was wanting to win because imagine if stefan Diggs didn't get it like you know then that big play would wouldn't have happened if the patriots wouldn't have won you know i mean you could just show which ones he, which team he wants to win but I do also really like his job with the Damar Hamlin situation. He did a very good job. That's not an easy situation to have to be no, a broadcaster for. Yeah, I was going to bring that up for a later person, um, it, a similar incident. But overall, he's just better at baseball than football. He has some legendary calls, but I do think he's probably bottom of C tier, below Colin Coward. Yeah, yeah I, I put him in C. I, yeah, I put C because he's just... 
I mean, these are all fantastic media personalities. So I think C isn't anything bad. I just think it's the middle of the table compared to all of them. So I agree. All right, next one. Gus Johnson's analyst, <laughs> Joel Klatt on Big Noon Kickoff. I'll start off with this one. Joel Klatt is someone that I've fallen in love with over the past year. I've really gotten to watch his podcasts on YouTube and everything, and I just feel like he brings such a fantastic analytical side of things, and he's able to look at a lot of situations and not necessarily uh, show favoritism to some other teams. And he and he he, do, he brings up a good conversation for every team, and he makes sure that some teams have the respect they do when they deserve it. His commentating is good. I don't think it's anything fantastic, but I mean, again, he is. He's, you don't really need to do that much when you have Gus Johnson yes, to your left. Exactly. So. He just adds on top of it when something crazy happens, you know, and and, and uh, like sometimes he can know what like what what type of play they're doing and stuff like that. So I think you put him in A or B. I love him, but I mean I just don't think he's the S category. But I think he should be A and B just because I mean the analytical analytical side of things is fantastic that he brings. I think he's a perfect A. He's he's a dead right A because. I think you give him maybe three, four years, then he could be in that S tier. But since he's just now starting this podcast, you know, he, he I think he's starting. I to mean, he do really didn't really own. broadcast until Big Noon kickoff, from yeah. what I remember. So he's getting his feet wet, kind of into this, like he's done it for a while. But he's starting to do this on his own, and that's one way that he's getting up to that tier. Just and he's just overall like he knows what he's talking about. He he knows his stuff, so. I say just put him on the A tier, but he can be an S tier in, in the next five years. Yeah, so A tier good? Yeah. A tier, yeah. Yeah, I'd put him in A tier as well. Okay. The next one, John Reinstein. Rothstein. Rothstein. This was this was my this is, request. This is a Charlie request. I don't know much about him, but you can go ahead. Yeah, I don't know play. if anyone here does. Uh, college basketball insider. He he calls himself college basketball's hungriest insider. I would follow him on Twitter. Just he's all about the catchphrases. So you know, a team where he has this catchphrase, but he'll every time it seems. I, I'm pretty sure it's every single time that team wins. He'll say like whatever it is, so he'll go, Virginia basketball, a thing of beauty, and then he'll do that every time they win, and it's just like, some people don't like it, I personally love it, he's got a lot of great other ones, he'll be like, West Virginia basketball, tougher than a weekend at your in-laws, and he'll, you know, he'll do that every time they win, I just think it's, you know, he's, it's just really creative, it's something I, I haven't seen from anybody else, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd put him up there, uh, for me, he's an this is my list. I'd put him in S tier, but I don't know if you guys don't know a whole lot about him. I got a question, Charlie. How long has he been in in the game for this? Like, is he? Is yeah, he I mean, for a while or not? Or not a long like time. Like Joe Clatt. Yeah, he's more like he's a newcomer for sure. Uh, compared to yeah, like similar to Joe Clatt. So I'm gonna be honest. I would probably put him at D just because you got to respect the rest of the people on this list. I mean, I don't doubt that he's probably good. I just don't. I don't. I can't think of the top of my head listening to him. He's probably something I, someone I definitely have heard before, but just someone that I can't pull I, out. I think it's just the unawareness of him yeah. that we don't know about, and we we know everyone on the rest of this list by far. Yeah. So I just think, I mean, no disrespect for you, Charlie, but I just think with the unawareness of who this guy is, he's a newcomer. Have to respect Blake's opinion and got to put him in that, in that D tier. It doesn't mean he's not good, but we just don't know about him. Yeah, I do agree. It's not someone I know of. And obviously to everyone else, no one really knows him much. It's nothing against what he does. That's really cool. And it's something different. Like, no one does that, like the catchphrases. But he's got, he's got his own merch, and this is similar to what you guys are saying. He's definitely getting more well-known because of Twitter. And as he says, every time someone will tweet or he's got, he's got his own merch and all this, he'll say it spreads every single time. <laughs> so I think, you know, 
a lot of people are going to start becoming more aware of this guy. Definitely, he just loves college basketball, and it's fun to listen to, especially around March. So I'm sure you guys may hear him a little bit more here over the next month. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, for now, D tier. Yeah. All right, so the next one, another legendary broadcaster, Kevin Harlan. Does a lot of NFL and NBA. He does a lot of radio stuff with Westwood One with ESPN, but... He did. He's done a lot of Chiefs games. I remember a lot of those Chiefs games he called, or he also called the Miami one as well. So I just remember his NBA calls because growing up, I actually really liked the NBA. I don't really anymore, but he's a very good call. He's a really good broadcaster. He's still on 2K. So I think A, probably, in my opinion, because he's not like Jim Nance level, but he reminds me of like a Jim Nance because he's a legendary. And I think he does also, <clears throat> he also does March Madness as well. So. Mm-hmm. Say for me at least, he's an A or B, but he's got to be like below Al Michaels, and we put Al Michaels in that B tier. Uh, I agree with that actually. I I think you got to put in perspective of everyone else in the list. Like he's really good, Um, but I think we just got to compare it to like who we already have up there. So I I kind of like where you're going with that, Anthony. But yeah, I think if we have Al Michaels in that B tier, he's got to go in that tier below him, unless we're gonna move Al Michaels to the A tier, and then or just keep him in the same tier and. Put him behind him. Yeah. Yeah. This may be a hot take. I Well, I actually think, and again, these are all good commentators, but I think Kevin Harlan is a better commentator than Al Michaels, so I would put him above him. Uh, and he's been doing it for a while, too. So. Like, he's getting close to retirement. Like yeah, he has, he's, so. he's uh, and just, I, I think mostly of his March Madness calls, because uh, that's, you know, growing up, he basically every March Madness, he would call those games course they gave Jim Nance you know he, he was calling the big final four national championship but just brings so much excitement to it I think he's right up there with Jim Nance and Gus Johnson but I'd put him I, I have to agree with Charlie I think I just the energy is unlike he really makes it feel like you're at the game yeah I don't remember did he I do mean, the no he didn't do UMBC but no that was Jim Nance I think. that was Jim Nance because yeah, it, it was Virginia so yeah so I'd put him at the S. I would too, but it's. I would like put got... him A above Joel Klatt. It's. it's that's, that's I good. just don't like. But we could do Al a, Michaels. If you guys say B, we say and then I we say split. You, we can put him in A. I'm uh, not. Yeah. Well, it's like, just, I, it's I'm us feeling three that versus two. So I mean, I'm feeling yeah. him in the A tier, but like that's just, this is just me personally. I would put him in the same tier as Al Michaels, but mm-hmm. I mean, I respect you guys to put him in the A tier. So I just the only thing with Al Michaels, he's just. <laughs> All due respect, he needs. He needs, He's pretty close to retirement. So I, he just needs to retire. I think last season, him and Chris Collinsworth should have retired together. Yeah, instead of him going to Amazon for a cash grab, I guess. Hmm. Oh yeah, wow. I, I I say A tier above Joel Klatt. All right, so the next one, Kirk Herbstreit. Now, some people might find him a little annoying at times because I feel like the, two years ago and and sort of last year, he was kind of very a person that would he was he's pushing actually a lot more hot takes. I feel like out there on like a college game day side of things. But really, I've loved his calls in the NFL. I think they've been fantastic, and and he brings a different perspective of it that someone that hasn't been necessarily broadcasting NFL games. And so I think it's refreshing, especially to hear that like kind of like some people like to hear about like college players pass um, or uh, NFL players pass in college and he brings that up sometimes and he does a great job I think of fans of blending the both the college and NFL side of things and I put him in the A category I really do like Kirk Kirk Street. Um so yeah and I think he's just as good as anyone else on that A tier and with me I've always said I never really liked Kirk Street, but I do think he's very good He's a good announcer, but even better, I I love him on college game days because I like mm-hmm. when he goes against everybody else and 
half the time he's right. Yeah. So most of the time, then they more can't, than half. Can't have everybody pick the same team. Yeah. And yeah. it really helps with he like evens it out with Desmond Howard because you know Desmond's a little Desmond's Desmond. Yeah, yeah Desmond's right. Desmond. <laughs> and then now you have Pat McAfee, and then you have Lee Corso, who's a personality himself, but I didn't put him on this list. I think he's a above Jewel Clapp. That's what I would in say between well. uh, Kevin Harlan and Clapp. Yeah, let's say I that, agree. that's respectable. All right, so the next one is Mike Breen. ESPN legendary announcer for the NBA. He has some iconic calls, like whenever he yells bang when Stephen Curry hits it from half court. The LeBron calls in the finals when the 3-1 come back in game seven when he that chase down block on Andre Iguodala. I mean, he's been doing every NBA finals since like the early 2000s. Since, it, since it's been on ESPN. So. so, but I mean, you hear you think of the NBA and you think of great calls, you think of one word and that's bang and that's him's and that sticks out. You know, he's been doing it a long time. It brings excitement to the game and I just personally put him in one of the S tiers, but that's just my opinion. Uh, he's definitely below Gus Johnson and Jim Nance, but he's above Kevin Harlan in my book. I wouldn't put him above Kevin Harlan's because I when I think of NBA, I think Kevin Harlan first. That's just because of 2K. And he's still. He does. Uh, Kevin Harlan does the TNT games still. He's like the number one guy. Yeah, he does like yeah. the, him. Uh, I think Reggie Miller still does yeah, it. And right. then um, shoot, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of it. I want to say Clark Chris, Kellogg, but that's Clark Kellogg. No, that's two K. But I think it's Reggie Miller and maybe uh, shoot, I forgot his name. But um, I think of him first, and then I think of Mike Breen. That's just because of two K. So I would put Kevin Harlan above Mike Breen, but Mike Breen's still a tier. So. I don't know if I even put him above Kirk Herbstreit, but it's it's tough to like put him in because Kirk only does football, but Mike Breen only does basketball, so it's kind of hard to like, say because some of these guys do both, like Jim Nance, Gus Johnson. It's hard to put them in the same tier when they they they, they do multiple sports, so it's just tough. I think Mike Breen is below Kevin Harlan, but and still an A tier. I agree. I also agree. Yeah. All right. So Mike Joy. Yeah, so Mike Joy. Uh, you can go ahead, yep. Blake, because you know NASCAR more than most of us. So. Um, Mike Joy, commentator at Fox, started uh, as a pit road a- analyst, um, and then he transitioned into the booth full-time in 2001 for when Fox made their uh, debut on the, uh, for NASCAR broadcasting, and he had the unfortunate... Unfortunate thing to unfortunate tragi- tragedy, tragedy with Dale Earnhardt. Yep, to commentate that, that 2001 Daytona 500, and... That professionalism that he showed during that that event and that race, he brings energy. He knows uh, motorsports like no other. He knows the history of NASCAR. He knows the history of just racing in North America in general. And he brings that passion. And he's that uh, steady person you can lean on in the booth. Right now, you got Clint Boyer, um, Tony Stewart in at part time. Um, and then Mike Joy as your uh, lead commentator. And while Clint Boyer, he can be uh, iffy sometimes, not great. Sometimes he's pretty funny. But Mike Joy is that person you can lean on and everyone can lean on in the booth. And then, again, back um, in 2020, the Daytona 500, when we thought Ryan Newman, we thought he may have passed away during that crash. He had to do the call during that, and he his utter professionalism Similar to the Demar Hamlin situation, only a few only a few commentators really know how to deal with a situation like that, and Mike Joy has had to unfortunately be the person to make sure fans get the right information while also not panicking. But Mike Joy is just fantastic no matter what. His Man. calls are awesome. He's getting older now. I I gotta say, but he is still a person that you can lean on the booth and. You know it's NASCAR season when Mike Joy's commentating. But the thing about NASCAR, for you guys who don't know, like you don't have to have a lot of energy mm-hmm. for it because you know you're going because you have the energy on the racetrack. Yes, yeah, so and it balances out. And you know you do have um, who's the bald head guy? I always get his name wrong. 
He does like Larry, the, Mar- Larry McReynolds. Yes. Yeah, he's not. You know, you have anymore. him as your car analysis, like you yep. know how he's long you go to pit road. How can this car handle it? You know, he's definitely helped a lot. But Mike Joy, uh, even his voice, you know, you you just feel like you're just having a conversation with him on it. Like you don't need to watch the sporting event. All you have to do is turn on TV, go have some lunch, or maybe do the dishes, and you can still hear his voice and just like. All right. You know what's going on. Here, we got a battle for second place. Like, yep. going on, he so. uh, he makes it sound so easy. And I think that's one of the reasons why I want to become a sports broadcaster is because of Mike Joy. He just level-headed. He, he can get passionate. He has said a lot of funny things in the broadcast booth, especially back in the, the DW, when he would when he was with DW, um, Daryl Waltrip. You know, they'd bounce off funny things, funny sayings, and he can bring that passion. But I just think he's, if we're talking about, like, all these iconic sports, I think that he should go in the S tier simply because he's just been around long enough and he's just one of those people that you just know in here. I agree. S tier is when you think of NASCAR for like broadcasting, you think of Mike Joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think you think of Mike Joy and Daryl Waltrip. Mm-hmm. Like those two guys, like what you were saying earlier, they balance off each other. DW was a really funny guy. You're talking every start, the boogity 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 boogity. Yep. Let's go racing. Yep. You know, iconic. Yes. It's just those are the two guys you think about NASCAR, and you know when we t- have these top guys here, you think of NFL and CBS. You think of Jim Nance. When you think of college basketball, you think of Gus Johnson sometimes. So I and think football. he's got and football too. But when you think of NASCAR, you think of Mike Joy, and that belongs in S tier. So yeah, I agree. S tier. So, I don't. I don't watch NASCAR, so don't really have an opinion. So obviously, for me, he would be lower on the list because I'm not familiar with him. But yeah, I mean, you guys. We weren't. Sounds, sounds like he's been around doing it for a long time. So yeah, S tier for Mike Joy. All right, so Mike Tarico, NBC. Uh, he's only good for the Olympics, in my opinion. Uh, he belongs more behind a desk and reporting than he does actually behind a mic. Uh, halftime, halftime show or pregame show. But are we yeah. are we including that? Yeah, well, that yeah, because that's his job well. now with CBS or with yeah with NBC. But he does good for reporting wise, especially for the Olympics. I think that's what carries him a lot. I would put him personally in the C tier, but the Olympics really carry him. I'd say C as well. I'd, I'd say B. I'd say B. You know, I think there should be a case ahead for Mike Trico. I think the one thing is sometimes he's not necessarily the greatest. Like for NFL, sometimes he isn't the greatest. But again, he's kind of like Gus Johnson where you have that like an important event. He goes to it. NBC, like when NBC he had— He does put energy. Um, I, that's the one thing I will give to him. He'll, he'll put his voice on— Yes, um, and he's been, the around, edge. he's been around for the Kentucky Derby. He's done the Indy 500. He's done, obviously, the Olympics. And I think that's what makes him great is that he can go to a lot of the different sports and uh, be someone that is just like your you – know, you know it's an important event when Mike Tirico is there because the, he's one of the high NBC guys that they just, they just put him anywhere. So I don't think he is necessarily above and beyond, but I do think there is a case for him to be in maybe B, B tier. Okay, I think he'd just be top of C. He's better than Chris Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much simple. All right, so the next one, Pat McAfee. Kind of new-ish into this media personality realm. He got moved to WWE. He's done that. He's also he's in college game day, and he has his own podcast, which is one of the best podcasts, at least sports. I And he's also on SiriusXM as well. As someone that loves Pat McAfee, he is this he's this iconic, I guess. Now you can almost say that. And he's just so energetic. He makes everything fun. I think he is bottom of A. A I agree. I agree. I said that's actually respectable because 
we talk about energy is a really big thing, especially with the media and the beauty's personalities. I mean, without energy, it shows you're not passionate. And he's truly passionate about not just what he does, but what he talks about. Mm-hmm. You know, with Aaron Rodgers, the big one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. Yep. yep. It's gotten real interesting recently. <laughs> Especially uh, yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But... You know, and he just he tells his funny stories about when he was playing. Remember, this guy was a punter. Yes. In the NFL, and he just brings that energy, and he shows true passion. So I actually do agree with putting him in that A tier for the brand. I think F- that. Uh, I think yeah, I really enjoyed him on game day this year. I was pretty excited when they announced that. Um, and I was talking to my dad about this too a little bit because he wasn't really familiar with Pat McAfee before he joined game day, and we were talking and about how he just. No matter where they were, whether it was uh, Austin, Texas, I think was his first, maybe his first appearance on the show. Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, he loved Tennessee. He was all into that. Then when they go up to Bozeman, Montana for that, he he loved that. And no matter where they went, he just loves the sport. Uh, so I thought that was really cool just to see all the excitement he brought, no matter where they were, you know, just always enjoys seeing you know the different areas um whether it's you know the sec or the big sky so and then yeah i think a lot of people you know listening to his podcast for a long time so it's been uh i i mean when i'm looking at this list if we're you know showing a little more respect to the guys who have been around here longer that would probably put him lower on the list uh I do think he's just just the energy. Just his. He's a huge a personality lot. now. I agree yeah. about the energy. I put him at the bottom of A. I'm newer to him, but. All right, next one, kind of very new into this media world. RG three, I only put him on this list because this year in college football was absolutely hilarious. Yes, and, and even in the these, NFL at times. NFL, he's done a lot of Monday Night Football, but like, he's a he's a character. What are you guys' thoughts? B. Uh, I I'd actually put him in uh, D or C just because he's oh. so new to the game. Yeah. Um, and he still has a lot to learn. He's made a few mistakes, which I don't hold against him. He's been hilarious. A lot of mistakes. <laughs> he, he's he's been he's been hilarious. Um, but yeah, he still has some things to learn, and he still has obviously needs to be around uh, things and. Like that one guy we put in D. What's his name? John Rothstein. Yeah, I'd I. Put I don't just think newer. Yeah, yeah, just the newer side of things. I got. I think you got to put him in D. It's, I agree. I changed my stupid see. hat when he was at the Nebraska game. <laughs> his stupid little hat. Which one was that? The uh, which it was game the. Was uh, they did back to back games: the Michigan Nebraska oh, game, right. and then they did Wisconsin Nebraska, and he yeah. wore the same hat twice. Yes, didn't he? And he and was in, he was in the tunnel at the start of the broadcast, like talking about or as the teams were like getting ready to run out. That's it, just they just start the broadcast, and it's just RG three in the tunnel. I think in Nebraska, he was eating a Muchacho's huge freaking burrito. And then he was naming all the states that uh, touch Nebraska. That's Uh, another thing that he did. Yeah, Him and Mark Jones are an interesting character. I, it took me a while to like like him, but I do think RG3 has a good future with yes. ESPN. It's actually kind of helping ESPN a little bit because ESPN's kind of falling. I do think he's a D tier, and I, we don't need to like put him above or below. It just is like D tier is D tier. Just because he's newer, I he's would just agree. Newer. I, think he's, I think he's really funny, but I mean, yeah, I think that's good. All right. The voice crack master, Sean McDonough. <laughs> From hey, hey, cue the Michigan State, Michigan. And the ball lock, is free. Lock the ball is free. Uh, it's picked up by Michigan State's. Uh, I always just think the, the oh, he has trouble with the snap. Yeah, yeah oh, he has I trouble with the snap. I think the voice cracks are one of the best things ever in college football announcing. It's because it just shows how how passionate he's truly into it. 
you know, I mean, expect the unexpected is what this business is kind of about. And he does a great job of that. He's had he's called a lot of good games with ESPN. He has a lot of the primetime or the three thirty slots. And those games a lot of times are very good, so he does a very good job. Yeah, say, even I, with the blowouts too. I would even I would just say put him in the B tier with Al Michaels. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably the easiest. I don't think he qu- quite belongs at an A tier for the group of guys that we have in here, and he's above everyone in the C group. So I just put him in the B tier. Yeah, I'd say B or C as well. I think yeah, definitely below Al Michaels, but. Right, I'd put, I'd say he's right around like with Tari- Mike Tarico, maybe a little above him. I'm fine. That's with why they're kind of yeah. Like, that's a guy that, that's a very again. If there's a tier between C and B, Mike Tarico, maybe Chris Collins, or and Sean McDonough would be in that tier. So, all right, Anthony, you asked for this one, <laughs> Shaq. I want to hear your reason behind this. Okay, uh, you know, you think of the. I think we got a big NBA fan, uh, Logan, who he's coming on next week. He'll be on next week, actually. So tune in for that. But announcement. Um. You think of in like, you know, you, I just thought Shaq would be kind of interesting. He's really funny. To Inside to. the NBA, Inside the also, NBA, that show is actually kind of funny. Shaq and a fool. He has his own oh, like love pick a fool one. You know, I started binge watching those on YouTube last year in high school. You know, all the Papa John's p- commercials and the icy hots. He's just iconic. Like he's just everywhere. Yeah, Shaq is everywhere. Different side quest every day. I feel like exactly. So. I just personally want to hear your guys' opinion on He's just so, like, hilarious in a way. Like, I just remember him and Kenny Smith running to the board on Inside the NBA. Yeah, throwing each other into the tree. Yeah. <laughs> he did that twice. Yes. And then I always think of uh, Shaq. <laughs> I'm laughing, but Shaq would fall. He fell off the desk when he was running to, <laughs> running to the board. Yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. He's, he's just iconic. If you guys, and as a former uh, NBA player, legend. If you haven't seen Shaq and a Fool, go look it up. I promise you, you will laugh every time of it. JaVale Mikey. Yeah. I would put him in the, honestly, I would put him in the B tier. B. <laughs> but because, once again, like he does have the energy like these guys, but I don't know. It's just also like maybe, the, the NBA. Maybe actually C. <laughs> yeah. Maybe C below Mike Tirico and Colin, uh, uh, Collinsworth. I can see that. Dylan, that's exactly the point I'm going here is like, Around, you got to compare him to the other people. I think Shaq is good. I love Shaq. I'm never going to hate on Shaq. But the one thing is, when we're comparing all these people, I just feel like he he's a little bit of a one trick pony. I feel like sometimes he only he only does one sport. And like. that basketball side of things. I mean, he's he's ventured off. He's done some random wrestling things, but those aren't really commentary. I he's mean, also a DJ. Yes, he does a lot of things. I don't hate on him. I love everything Shaq does, but I just don't feel like he's that fantastic. I'd honestly put him in D. Just because I feel like he's a one-trick pony. He does bring good ins- insight sometimes in the NBA, but I don't know. I just I still think he's better than Colin Coward, Coward Joe Buck. I do think he's better than the, those two. He, he is and it's tough to Buck. say with the other like the other two, with RG3 and the, the yeah. other guy. It's just tough because they're so new. But Shaq's been doing this for a while. Yeah. And inside the NBA is an Emmy-winning show, and Shaq is the big part of it. Like I, He's the most iconic guy on the show, I other than Ernie Johnson. So Yeah, I don't watch... Uh, inside the NBA, is th- that's what the TNT yeah. one is, and he, I've seen a few clips from it, and those clips, like that, you know, people share just because they're hilarious, is typically when Charles Barkley says something that, yeah. and then Shaq hilarious. reacts to it, yeah. and then Shaq, there's there's a clip, yeah, Shaq has, you know, he he's trying to hold in his laughter, that 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 was definitely, you know, there's some good clips from that for sure. I would, I I don't think he's, I mean, again, I don't watch it, so I wouldn't put him above like Joe Buck. For example, so again, I would maybe just the bottom D, of C, but yeah, I, I mean, if you guys, I think what, what I, you, I do think it's C, D, yeah, so that, just bottom of C. That's, that's fine. Bottom of C. Yeah. 
we're kind of like in the middle of C in between D. So, all right, we'll keep it going. Stephen A. Smith. He definitely has his takes, and he is part of the reason why we have the the our the way sports media personalities are. Um, him and Colin Coward are, are kind of feel like this. A few of the Skip spe- Bayless too. Yeah, Skip Bayless. A few of the spearheaders of just how uh, different sports television is now. Daytime, um, morning, daytime. Like show. Lay off the weed. You know, I mean, like you got that, but like I don't know. I think he's D. His utter hatred of the Cowboys. Yes. Is hilarious. Have you heard of the conspiracy theory that he's actually like a Cowboys fan, but he doesn't yeah. want to show it? <laughs> yeah. Him as a Knicks fan too. Whenever they do something stupid, is pretty funny. I'd put him uh, D. Traded away a Chris Porzingis or something. Bottom like that. C. He, I, I I just I, think his. You know, he's, he's iconic. He's very polarizing. He's iconic, but he'll go at you, and he will not stop until he gets his point across. I hated that. He's also an actor. He's also, he's, a book, he's also an author, too. He's a loudmouth. Sorry. That's also true. That's fine. Oh, oh, Mark, what, what do you got to say about uh, him? Let's, let's hear your well, take here. I, I put him at D. First First of all, he, I don't know, he just, I don't know. Speak I mean, your he's, mind. He's Come loud. On. Come he's on, loud. Mark. He's loud. Definitely a lot of people that, um, you know. A lot of mixed feelings. A lot of, yeah, Yeah. I think. Ruffles a lot of feathers. Well, I think definitely the Cowboys comments, I think that definitely a lot of people will enjoy that because, you know, Cowboys. Everyone loves picking on the Cowboys. But, you know, and it's kind of like a preference thing. I would probably put him in D as well, but. You know, Again, you, it's like a bottom C, bo- it's either, top of D. It's either you like him or you hate him. There's literally no in between about it. I, I can like. never take him seriously. I'm gonna be honest. I I can't really take him seriously. Sometimes he has good takes, but he just there's just some things that just fall flat sometimes. And I get what you're saying, Mark. I just wanted you to enunciate it. You know, speak speak your mind on it because I mean, I, I don't know. He can be good. You know, I listened to the podcast he was on. I, I don't know which one it was recently. It might have been. Uh, part of my take or one of some barstool podcast he was on recently and I have respect for the guy I mean he definitely deserves where he's gotten but I don't know just D tier I top of D probably he just falls flat for me alright yeah Uh, Tony Romo I don't know Jim I don't know you see, I, I really, I really liked right Tony now. Romo at first when he started, and yes, now I'm not as big of a fan. I thought a lot of people, I don't know if it was a lot of people, but some people were complaining because he was giving away what the play was going to be before I it loved started. It. But I actually really liked that. I don't know why. I loved it too. Uh, I really feel like he does it, it too often now, and he misses, yeah. he misses a lot of those plays, and it just and it does ruins feel, the credibility a little bit. I think a lot of it too. He does in a way. He, uh, and this is as a Broncos fan, it seems like he's very similar to Chris Collinsworth in his, you know, when he's talking about guys like Patrick Mahomes and some of the greats, it feels like he's a little bit more uh, biased, you know. I don't know. I'd he's probably I'd put C, him, he's a great C, commentator. I'd put him in C or D. Yeah. I'd say C below Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, that's a good And maybe even below, yeah, just below, so above Shaq. Yeah. yeah, I think okay. that's a perfect spot for him. What he, do you think, Mark? He needs some more time to get into it. He hasn't been doing it that long, so as a... But he's already had, like, I- I- iconic moments, like, in the AFC Championships, you know, especially this past year. Like, his call with year. the 13 seconds was yes. pretty good with Jim Nance, but... And he's another one, again, newcomer, so he's, I mean, he just grow needs into more. It. He needs more time. I Experience. mean, and he's also a former player, so there is some credibility he gets yes. for that, but... All right, last but maybe least, uh, <laughs> Troy Aikman. I like Troy Aikman. He's I, all right. I, I don't, it's not bad. I don't but think he's like, bad at all, like, really. I think B, C. I I put him next to Joe Buck, <laughs> ironically. Yeah, uh, that's uh, probably I, about right. I yeah. Yeah. yeah, right next to Joe Buck. Yeah. He's not the greatest, but he's not the worst, definitely. Yeah. They de- they I definitely, definitely think of worse. Wh- so looking at the list now, from top to bottom, is there anything you guys would change? Here? Maybe... 
I don't know. I feel like we've kind I of think as we've actually gone, a pretty good list. As we've yeah. gone on, we kind of made sure everyone goes in the right. I feel category. like we can move somebody up to B. Um, probably Mike Tirico. I would Mike Tirico to the bottom of B. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Charlie? Is that? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, yeah, if it was personal preference out of those guys, um, I would say would yeah. You say Colin Coward. I would say either Colin Coward or Mike Tirico. Probably. I'm fine with yeah. Because I'm just saying because we only have two guys. I don't know if they can't see this, but right now we only have two guys in B tier. We have a lot of people in we C can tier. Post this too. Oh yeah. So we just I'll yeah we can move them up after this. Move them up Stay tuned on the socials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely A tier is pretty good. S tier, it's three, obvious. Three is yeah. Yeah, three is good. Those are the best S-tier. ones in my opinion. Mm-hmm. A tier. I will. I will actually put Jim Nance above Gus because Gus Jim Nance has been doing it forever. He does about everything. Yeah. So he will do everything. I mean, I'm good with this list. Yeah. You good with it? Yeah, I'm good with it. All right. So that was a longer segment than I thought, but it works out. So um, we'll be right back for uh, Super Bowl. So this Sunday is Super Bowl 57 between the AFC champ- the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. This is quite a big game. Both teams are the number one seeds in each of their conferences. Don't like it. <laughs> um, with this, we're going to get into score predictions, just overall thoughts. Mark, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think is going to win score prediction and just your overall thoughts on the game? So I'm going to say Eagles 27, Chiefs 24. Oh, it's going to be close. I think that's pretty much the consensus on this game. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. I say spread is at Eagles at one minus one and a half right now. Yeah, current. I don't think that will change. What do you think, Dylan? Sorry, Charlie. I really like the Eagles. I think they're a they're a real team this year. But I know you don't like the Chiefs. But I'm going to have to take them in the Super Bowl this year. I do think. And what it's going to come down to is the defenses. And I just feel like Kansas City, they have more experience in the big game. Other than the Dominic and Sue and maybe the offensive line and the Eagles, there's not really that much experience in in Son Reddick too. But I just feel like Kansas City, they're the better team and they have a lot of momentum going in this game. you got a huge win over a very, very good Bengals team. Yes. People might say refs kind of help them. To be fair, they did in some of those calls, like the fifth down. But also, you got to think, how many times did the Bengals have a chance to win the game? Yes. They had the ball with two minutes left in the game, and that's on them not making it or not scoring. And so. they even made a huge third-down conversion. Yeah, I mean, the Kansas City's defense has had some issues it's this year. It's definitely underrated with the amount of rookies they have on that team. In, like, in a couple years, Four? I can almost guarantee that defense is going to be very good. And you got Chris Jones, who's kind of on the older side. He's the, he's the big guy. He is the main defensive guy on that team, the defensive captain, and— and then you look at the offense of Kansas City, you got Mahomes, Kelsey. You might say, well, all you have to do is stop Kelsey. No, you don't. You still have Juju. You got Pacheco. You have all these other like smaller guys that are not like big names, but they are targets and they are threats. So it's going to be very tough. It's going to be a challenge, but my final score will be 34-31 Kansas City. It's going to be very close, and it can come down to the final drive. So, uh, yeah, give me the Chiefs. All right. Let's just say, I don't know. I don't think there's been two, two years ago, I was definitely rooting hard for the Buccaneers last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl because I just cannot, the Kansas City Chiefs cannot tie the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl rings. I do not want that to happen. 
you know, they're, they're the one seed this year. They've hosted five straight AFC championship games. They've definitely, you know, nobody in the AFC West has been able to uh, beat them. Last year, after losing to the Bengals, they come back this year. They have a good win. You could say revenge there. But, yeah, the Eagles, I mean, they've been a, they've been a really good team and very consistent all year. Only lost Jalen Hurts under center against the Washington Commanders back in Week 8, I believe. Um yeah, he missed two games at the end of the year. They lost those. Uh, it was a Monday night. And yeah, you know it was it was interesting. You heard people saying, "Oh, Jalen Hurts doesn't make that much of a difference. That team's stacked." Uh, I think it was Chris Sims of Pro Football Talk said, "With Gardner Minshew, they'd still be a really good football team." Well, they didn't look like a very good football team when in those played. games when Jalen Hurts was out. Uh, so. And then, you know, he comes back, they beat the Giants back-to-back weeks, end of the regular season, and then, or not, I guess not, because they had the bye, but then they beat him in the divisional round, not close. And then last week, definitely uh, 49ers not really uh, really having a quarterback. That's certainly... And they have to play... Uh, they have to play... Jalen Johnson? Jalen Johnson, he goes down, and you pretty much have to run the ball after that, because Purdy just only threw, what, two passes three. after that? Hey, at least they're completed. Three for three? Yeah. 21 I, yards. I think... When you look at the teams, though, especially, I think this game is going to be won at the line of scrimmage. I think the Eagles have a better offensive line, and I think they have a better pass rush as well. Um, Hassan Reddick, wow. I mean, he is just a terrific player. I wanted the Broncos to go after him in free agency. They went after Randy Gregory instead, who only played five games. But, you know, definitely was unfortunate to see that, especially now with Reddick, just a great year. Um, so I think, you know, is that pass rush going to get after Mahomes and make things difficult like the Bucks did two years ago? years ago and then also i mean how about the eagles offensive line protecting jalen hurts especially the last few weeks they've just been terrific uh i think it'll be close high scoring i assume both offenses at the end of the day are going to score points that's what they've done all year um I'm, I'm going to take the philadelphia eagles in this one 38 to 31 broncos haven't they weren't any good this year so now once they're eliminated and the playoffs start at that point it just make sure the chiefs do not win the super bowl because that can't happen if you're a broncos fan not so fast i'm going to steal your thing anthony because normally that's a thing you do um uh, but I actually stole it. From, I know, I know you stole it from uh, Lee Corso, but um, it's, 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 it's more of a Charlie thing. Well, I say it. Yeah. Well, you do it to like whoever, pretty much. Yeah, that's I true. say I steal it from you, Dylan. Um, anyways, I don't think it's actually be high scoring. I don't. Um, Chiefs D line is actually really good. They're fantastic. They have the most pressures this year, um, which is kind of crazy to think about because their defense. I mean, they can be bad at times, but it's that pass defense, um, especially the secondary. It's definitely going to be an issue. The you know you got Sneed back in it, so that'll play a difference. But if he gets injured again in the beginning of the game because he was an idiot, I'm sorry as a Chiefs fan. He dove into the guy's leg, and he's had he's had head injury injuries this year. And honestly, I don't think he should be playing for his safety. But he, I guess if he's cleared, then he can go out there and play. I'm not going to stop him because he is an important asset to the defense. But it's all about if they can stop that pass. But I think they can. I think they'll get the pressures. And I don't think it'll be high scoring. I think the Chiefs, on the offensive side of things, if, against the Bills and Bengals early in the season, they stalled at moments on offense. And even in that Colts game, they stalled on offense. But I do think their defense Excellent. will actually cover, them, cover for them. And I think that they'll stall both offenses. And I think it's going to be pretty low scoring, like a 24-17 or something like that. Maybe a few touchdowns late in the game to seal the deal and make that gap a little bit bigger. I got the Chiefs winning, though, because I think Philadelphia, they haven't really faced a a true team yet on the AFC side because I think the AFC, the top AFC is better. Um, I think even the Buffalo Bills or the The Bengals. The AFC was so much stronger this year than the NFC. Yes, I, I, yep. 
Um, Bengals or Bills, anyone uh, at the top of that table uh, could be contenders in the Super Bowl if they played them. But I got to go with the Chiefs. You say you'll you'll make pretty good points, and actually a low scoring one is actually it can be because you know we both talk about these teams have really great defenses. They both have really good offenses, and uh, Jalen Hurts is really been, good defenses. I think there's gonna be mistakes, but yeah, it's just, in my mind it goes because you know I'm just looking back on your guys' score. They're all one possession. I think we all pretty much know it's gonna be it. I just honestly don't hope it's like Super Seven, Bowl fifty. Oh. It was the Patriots and Rams. Rams. I really don't want that Super Bowl. It, w- it won't be thirteen to three. I think both teams are going to score more than that. But well, I also don't hope it's like the Bucks and Chiefs too. Seventy-one Well, if the Eagles yeah. are blowing them out, I'll or maybe no Broncos, Seahawks, and MetLife. That yeah, was first so play is a safety. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> when, when did that happen again? Super Bowl forty-eight. Yeah. Peyton Manning under I got, center, he goes up to like tap and then ball snaps. All right, sounds good. So <laughs> who did who did, who, who, who did who did Mark pick? You picked the Eagles. Mark picked Eagles. the Eagles. So we got we got a split right. So we got now. A split. Apparently, I'm the tiebreaker, and this has happened a few times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing that we're split. So I'm just looking at this, and I'm looking at that Chiefs secondary. It helps with Isaiah Sneed back. I'm looking at the Eagles secondary, and that is Legarius. Legarius. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why did you interrupt me then? <laughs> we're hey, we're letting you cook. We're letting Anthony cook. I can't cook if you're. Not, I'm cooking the wrong ingredients. Come on now. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but so I'm looking at those secondaries. Eagles did a really good job of building that secondary, especially from losing. Uh, well, Malcolm Jen- Jenkins from that Super Bowl went to the Saints back then, but also, you know, uh, getting uh, CJ Gardner Johnson. You got Gardner Darius Johnson, Slay. Darius Slay. Slay. Uh, James Br- Bradbury. From yep. the Giants, just really, really tremendous secondary. They built that um, defense. Reddick is a, one of the best uh, defensive players in Big the league right now. With Reddick, he is a former Matt Rule recruit from Temple, who turned out to be a very good player in the NFL. It very took him true. a while in the NFL, but he it, broke but he, out. You got to find the right system, and that's what he did. Uh, and then Fletcher Cox, even down below. So, and I'm looking at the Chiefs. They got the same thing. You know, they have Legarius Sneed, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, they have, you know, Chris Jones. All these guys, you know, on the defensive end, they're pretty good. Then go to the offense. Their offensive line's pretty good. You got Creed Humphrey. Uh, Creed. Um, what's his name? Tackle. I don't remember his name. I don't know. But then you look at the Eagles' O line. Oh, Trey got, Smith. He's he he's, he's been good, but bad at sometimes. And then but. you look at the Eagles' O line. You got Kelsey. You got Jurgens. You got Johnson. Jurgens. That's oh, that's he's on the Eagles. Yeah, that's what I meant. Never mind. But he's not. He's not. Okay. He's not playing though. Sorry. He's not playing. Yeah, he's under Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Jason. So, I don't know. It just really depends on who has the ball last and which quarterback or which quarterback and defense do you trust. I'm honestly split because I love Kansas City's offense. I think they have the better advantage to this, especially with Patrick Mahomes and his ability to improvise literally every single rush. Uh, don't turn the ball over though. Can't it, turn the ball over. Throw too much in, the in the end zone, that's an, that's been an issue with this year with Mahomes. I got to say, throwing throwing picks in the end zone it, and then not completing a third and ones. I say thir- the third and shorts really are hurting Kansas City, and that's that was especially back in a few years ago. They could convert almost anything. Um, There's no Tyreek Hill. You don't have him going deep. No, that's why they got Kadarius Tony. But Wait, he's injured. But so. he's injured as well. Um, I'm gonna go with the smallest margin on this list. I'm going to go with 28-27 in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, 
It's going to be a really, really close one. And honestly, uh, back at home, I'm not going to be used to a lot of Chiefs fans versus, like, Blake, I respect you as a Chiefs fan, uh, but there are some people back at home I don't like, but luckily I get to move those are I, Those are Iowa Chiefs fans. Yeah. There's a difference. There, there is, is a difference. big difference. Um, well, technically, wait a minute. You're from Iowa. So technically no, you're hey, Iowa. Man, I was born in Omaha, okay? So actually, Nebraska. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So, yeah, I just got – I think it's going to be really, really close, and I just hope it's a really intense game, uh, back-and-forth action. I just – please, please, God, don't let it be Super Bowl 53 again where there's no scoring. I'm not going to watch the halftime show, honestly. I'm turning it off. Yeah. I'm, I'm, or I'll just walk away. I'll just watch the commercials. I want to see uh, – they've already – half the commercials already come out now. I feel like they've all been – The State Farm one especially? The, yeah, and uh, the the Breaking Bad one with the chips. That's already come out, and that's a Super Bowl one. But, hey, the halftime show, I'm not a huge Rihanna fan, but I think there will be some fun special guests, so who knows? I say I heard uh, – like, Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jason Derulo is going to be on as well. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. So. We'll, we'll see. All right. Are so, we going to do like our favorite moment? I did see that on the outline. You yeah. So we can cut this out, but yeah. So as this is the last game of the NFL season, if you guys just remember at least one thing that stuck out to you for this season and what made this season like. <laughs> oh, this season sucked. I hated it so <laughs> I'm much. You Broncos start. country. I'm you let's start. ride. I don't have any. You, that, have you any? should just say Broncos, Broncos country. country. Let's ride. That was pretty much that's probably the most. That's the highlight. No, I, yeah, I wasn't. I mean, it was, I guess, fun before the season, you know, doing it all off season, and then I had had enough of that after first game, really. What about favorite, running up and down favorite, the plane, stretching? Come on, favorite, that's a good moment. Favorite memory. Doing high knees for four hours. Yeah, yeah, I did get a good laugh out of that too. Russell Wilson doing high knees in the aisle on the flight to London. Uh, they won that game too, which is nice. Saved Hackett's job midseason. Uh, last last uh, last game of the year, I guess, was the Broncos' best game of the year because they scored more than thirty points, and Russ looked pretty good in that game. Uh, Let Russ cook. Hoping we see more of that next season. But yeah, I mean, you guys, I'm guessing your teams were in better contention this year, so <laughs> I guess some of them. I mean, we got one favorite in the Super Bowl already, so <laughs> you can pretty much I can assume what your favorite part of the year. Yeah, is. my favorite was uh, going to yeah. the game before the AFC Championship. That was fantastic uh, against the, against the Jaguars, and uh, yeah, w- seeing the Chiefs win. It doesn't matter what seat you are in that stadium. There's no, there's not really a bad spot. Um, but the atmosphere is fantastic. It was really loud, um, and I was looking on my phone because I wanted to see. Because in person, you never know how loud it is. You know, you could be cheering as loud as you can, but you still don't know like what the broadcast people think about it. And after looking back on it, you know, seeing the the commentators being like, "Oh yeah, it's really loud. It's causing effects in the game, and it and it impacted a few game a, a few plays." It did. Um. So yeah, that was my favorite moment. Packers, what happened? Packers, I gotta go. Uh, what happened? Uh... Just overall, the James Droz stuff all year was just as a highlight of the year awesome. in general. Fantastic. But for me personally, as a Lions fan, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, we couldn't make the playoffs, but, you know, we were one and seven at one point. And that it, it just, it, it really shows what Dan Campbell's bringing to this team because we ended up winning so many games in a row. And then the stupid Panthers, the stupid oh. Panthers, of course, had to decide to beat us. Thanks, because the defense couldn't stop the run. But I do. I think my favorite moment it has to be either the Panay Sewell first down to clinch the game against the Vikings to, you know, have the best record in the uh, the division, 
or beating the Packers on Sunday Night Football in Week 18 when you have all the announcers against you and all that stuff. So it's awesome. Great way to end it, the the lateral. Jamal Williams' post-game interview was great, too, in that one. Even just his uh, pr- the pr- uh, when they did the team. The player introductions. The p- player introductions. The just the just is so funny. The That's- defense, all of them, did something interesting. Like, I, I don't remember what uh, Alex Anzalone did, but he said something with the Gators. And, he, of course, Jamal Williams, his little thing towards uh, Naruto. It's, it's, it's cool. It's a good energy. I love what Dan Campbell is bringing to the team, and I'm excited to see where we are next year because based off the odds, normally we're like plus 10,000 for the Super Bowl. Next year we're plus 4,000. So it's very exciting to see because I think the NFC North is getting worse, in my opinion, because Kirk Cousins is going down. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers might not even be a Packer next year, or he might retire. Where it might just come back and be terrible. The Bears are still booty hole bottom of the division. They're not going anywhere, especially when after they hired Kevin Warren. I have my thoughts on him, but we don't need to get into that. So, but yeah, I'm just excited the future, but definitely the highlight. I would just say just beating the Packers week 18 on Sunday Night Football was a great way to end the year for us. I say I remember putting a parlay on that game, and I actually won like eighty dollars for that. Tell me about that. Yeah, and I was back home and. We were watching, the, and like a bunch of Lions fans were, are a lot from my, my area, so they were watching the game on my phone, and it was just kind of funny watching their reaction. Um, for me, honestly, you know, as a Vikings fan, you could say the first round playoff exit was pretty disa- pretty disastrous against especially the Giants. especially to the Giants to the Giants of all teams, but it, it was not close. But well, we, and yeah, it was the score doesn't say that, but. The momentum of it was not close at all. It was old. Saquon Barkley, we could not stop the run. But honestly, I think for me, as an Iowa State fan, it's got to be Brock Purdy. You know, you're going from the last pick, third third in the depth chart, and the 49ers think they got their guy in Trey Lance who only played seven games in college. He goes down week two. Jimmy G, the pretty boy, comes in. He does pretty well. He does pretty good. I think he's still— Except for that time he went through the back of his own end zone. Excluding that, yeah, that was his first week back. <laughs> That's true, but I still pulled a Dan Olowski. I still can't believe we won that game. That was oh yeah, yeah, um, crazy scene where they ended up. But yeah, I think it's just kind of cool of how you know you never hear Mister Irrelevant ever. I think and you could officially say he's the best Miss, the best Mister Irrelevant of all time. Relevant. And he even I know uh, suck up is pretty good, but no, but. I just think, per, you know, never losing a game he started. And granted, he did get hurt against the Eagles. But he could have led a team to a Super Bowl that year. If he didn't get injured, year, I, don't know get injured. If, I don't know if the Eagles would be in the game. If I he didn't get injured. I, I agree. I think I think San Francisco, I, I think Brock Purdy's good. But I will say, I feel like that's one of the teams where it's kind of like, if you're a competent quarterback, I feel like you'd succeed. I think you could put a lot. Oh of, yeah, a lot it's of good a si- perfect system. You have yeah. all the players around you like that. You have Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, well, and the Samuel. defense. And the defense is Ryan's incredible. Not, yeah, not there. But you have at least well, they got another decent no, DC, DC coming that's in. Right, so. just tired. They have, you have at Wilkes. least yeah. a Pro Bowl player in every major position, and if not, just I mean the offensive line's really good You have good the too. best. You have really good offensive line as well. You got. Uh, I forgot his name. You got also Trent, Mike Williams. McGl- Trent Williams, one of the best of all time. You have Mike McGlinchey. He's pretty good. I don't I don't remember the guards, but 
they're just all pretty good. So it just you could succeed in any quarterback could do good in that. So yeah, so it's just gonna be interesting where they go. But I think that's the one thing for me is just Mr. Relevant finally becoming relevant and just being an Iowa State fan watching that would be kind of fun. So all right, uh, kind of recap predictions. Uh, two of th- two out of five say the Chiefs are gonna win, and the re- the three out of five of us say the Eagles are gonna win. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting matchup. I just hope the game lives up to its potential. So we'll take a quick break right here and then give you uh, some college basketball. All right, so we are about a month away till the conference tournament starts for college basketball, and we haven't really discussed a lot of college basketball. So... We are finally going to dive into that today. So depending on what bracketology we're talking about, either if it's ESPN, CBS Sports, NCAA, we are going to give our Final Four predictions, and there are a lot of good teams. This is also March Madness. You never know what team can make it in. So, uh, Dylan, I'm going to have you start it if you're all right with that. Okay. I'm using CBS, so I'll preface that before going. So I'm going to start with a couple hot takes here. So you have a lot of Big Ten teams are projected to make it. Like I think some, depending on what bracketology you use, it mixes from 7 to 9. Andy Katz, I think recently on NCAA, said 9 Big Ten teams. That's also including Wisconsin. I don't think that's going to happen now, but that's also not as up-to-date. You have Purdue. Purdue. They're number one in the country, but... My thing is, they always fall apart. Blake, I know I was, before we started this, I was like saying Purdue is not as, they're good. But the thing is with Purdue, they always fall apart in the postseason. I think if this is the year they're going to do it, like if there's one year, it's this year. Yeah, but I don't, I just, just past years and their only offense really, they have that really good freshman that hits a lot of three-pointers. I forgot his name, but otherwise it's a Zach Eady. But Zach Eady is not on on his game, Purdue does not have an offense, and they don't have. And if he gets in foul trouble too, that's pretty bad, because that's again that's their defense as well. No one has a seven foot four guy to guard him, so it's going to be tough to pick Purdue to lose. But I do think I this is my hot take: no Big Ten team is going to make it past the Sweet Sixteen or at least the Elite Eight. If it's going to be Purdue, I think Purdue will probably make the Elite Eight if they get past the Sweet Sixteen, but they won't. They won't make the final four. Agreed, and I mean I that happens every year. So I don't. I think mean, I don't think that's you, really a hot see, take. You could probably see a lot of Big Ten teams losing the first or second rounds. Like I see Creighton versus Michigan State. I don't think Michigan State can beat Creighton if they're if Creighton's fully healthy. Michigan State has no chance. Uh, Michigan State's not that good. But um, my final four, I think Bama probably makes it there there is a little you have that one game you have that one game against Oklahoma they lost by what 30 but I do think Brandon Miller is he'll win the freshman of the year he's one of the best players in college basketball he is a definitely a candidate for the wooden award but I do think Alabama can make it they're a pretty good basketball team and I I feel like they'll be good enough They'll learn from this Oklahoma loss and they'll get to the final floor so Alabama will be my first one it's pretty tough to say, but I'm going to say KU probably will make it as well to the Final Four. Grady Dick is one of the best three-point shooters in college basketball. And just overall, Kansas is, is an easy pick to make it because they're just one of those teams they are just dominant. They, this year, though, the Big 12 is a little 
interesting to pick because you got Iowa State, who's really good. You have, um, I want to say Texas. You have Iowa seat. State, Texas, TCU, Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas State is a surprise. Keontae George has played very well this year. Not Keontae yet. Uh, Keontae Johnson. Then you have Keontae George for Baylor. But they're... Uh, the Big 12 is really good this year. It's really it makes college basketball really fun to watch because it's always it's always about the Big 12 because used to be the ACC, but now Duke, North Carolina, and are not that 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 good anymore. Syracuse used to be pretty good as well, um, but yeah, I do think KU will make it. They're just one of those teams. It's an easy pick to get into the Final Four. Um, the next two are really tough to pick because there's a lot of chances these teams could lo- like lose in the you know, the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. It could be upsets. Virginia probably will make it. I Virginia is a, t- is a really good team. They've always been a good team. They had a down year last year, but they're reloaded, and I think they're a very good basketball team this year. They're going to probably win the ACC, so unless North Carolina comes out of nowhere. Miami's all right, but they. I don't think Miami has ACC enough to go. ACC is honestly a surprise this year because – I think if I'm not sure, but you want to know who's number one in that conference? Pitt. Pitt, Pitt, just, Pitt. Pitt just has the better record. They have probably. the be- they have they're a ten and three in the ACC right now, and they they have beaten Virginia by the way. I I just I do I do think Virginia, they're really good in the tournament. They've never other than the one year you know lost to UMBC, but that was a one year wonder type of thing. And then the next year they won the championship. So. I do think Penn State, uh, not Penn State, geez, uh, Virginia. <laughs> Sorry, Penn State's right here on the first four out. But, uh, yeah, I think Virginia will make it. And then my final team to make the final four, this is a tough one, but I really think um, it's going to be Arizona. Arizona, they're they're probably on pace to win the Pac-12. Pac-12's not as strong this year, but I do think Arizona's a very tough, they're a very dangerous team. So, yeah, that's my final four. So I'm going to be using ESPN, and I'm going to be uh, starting off where you ended, and I'm going to say Arizona makes it. Um, they're one team that I thought would uh, do pretty good last year, and I think I've had them. Uh, I think I had them in one of my brackets going pretty far last oh, year. Oh, last year? Yeah, I think I had them maybe winning because I mean, obviously, everyone does more than one bracket. Um, so like, no, oh, you really don't. I'm, oh, I'm against. I'm one of those people. I just do one. I'll join multiple leagues, but I those people that fill out like 20 brackets, I can't. I okay, do so one. I, I understand. I do, I do I like do three it. minimum. I'll be honest. I do a meme bracket every year. Just yes, yeah. I do. I, I do, do two one. serious ones and one meme one. Yeah, I just do one bracket, one only. Like I, I try and follow it throughout the year. I obviously understand the fun with it, you know, because you know it's fun to fill out twenty brackets and see which one does the best. But yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of people that do that. So, but yeah, my family's been. We've always done, gone in detail about the brackets, and we look at the team records, and we do all this stuff. We print out, print out other brackets, stuff like that. Like who, who uh, like the what the predictor people say. Anyways, Arizona, um, I like them. Uh, hot take. Uh, TCU, I think I think the Big Twelve um, is is pretty good, but I do think there's an, a better Big Twelve team, and I think that better Big Twelve team is Kansas State. Okay, I th- I, do, I, do I think they're, I, I think they're a sleeper. That. I think they're a sleeper, and they're I think I want them to be in the Final Four. I've kind of uh, enjoyed. Uh, I mean, they've played Nebraska, so they're one of the teams I have a little closer connection with, of like understanding. You know, when comparing it to other teams, just like seeing the, all the teams of Big Ten. You know, comparing all the different Big Ten teams. Uh, but looking at Purdue, I don't know. I'm not going to go as crazy as we were just record just before we hit the record button. We we got a little crazy, um, which was fun. But 
Purdue, they are they're a good team. They could be competitive, but I just think they'll crumble under pressure, um, especially like they normally do. Yeah, like they normally do. Or all Big Ten again because actually, in fact. you again, Dylan. I'm following you today. You brought up a great point, Zach Eady. When you get him in foul trouble, because he can get in foul trouble if you pr- if you press him up if you press up against him, he he'll swat out, he'll swat at your face and, and swat at your arms, and next thing you know, he's in foul trouble, and then he can be out of the game, and then I mean, be Purdue offense. has struggled on the road. I mean. Yes. They just lost recently. I know it's Assembly Hall, but like yeah. Indiana, but they struggled on the road against Nebraska. I mean, look at Nebraska. We're not that good. No. We're bottom of the as record As recording, we're down by almost 20. Was to Michigan, which is yeah. not that great either. No. But it, they're a tough team to pick because they have those games where they just play like lights out. Like Michigan, when they played mm-hmm. Michigan State recently, they yes. just destroyed them. Penn State, they had no chance. But. But I just feel like they haven't played the talent. They haven't played like real teams because the Big Ten's not as strong this year. They lost to Rutgers at home, mm-hmm. so that's a little concerning. That's another Big Ten team that could be kind of a sleeper. But you can continue. Yeah. So again, going into March Madness, you just have the variety of teams, different styles, different con- conferences, and then once they all come together, I don't know if Purdue is going to be able to read each opponent like they can in the Big Ten. Because I mean, the Big Ten, I feel like sometimes they're a little easier to game plan against. Um, Definitely. So I don't know. Looking at what I have on ESPN on their uh, Louisville side in the South, I don't know. Maybe UCLA. They're they're number two on here. Um, I don't really see like Xavier. I think they've fallen a little bit flat. Yeah, I think Xavier's I think they're com- right now number four in that region. Yeah, I think they're a competitive team, but I don't think they'll be able to get it done. I just don't trust Purdue there. Um, but yeah, so my final four um, right now, I would say UCLA, Arizona, uh, TCU, and K State. Okay, that's a different types of teams, yes. but it's March Madness. We had Houston in the no, we had Arkansas. Who made the Final Four last, last year? Was last really year, weird. so yeah, Duke has a two seed, Villanova's two seed, Kansas number one is North Carolina. As the North Carolina seed. was the weird teams because they were the eight seed, but it was still kind of all blue bloods too. That, that was that was like, the yeah, weird thing too. It's like it's just like Houston made the elite eight, right? Because they yeah, made the Arkansas Final, final you, Four two years ago. Houston and then Arkansas made the elite, made the elite eight, eight this year too. You even oh, had Miami gosh. made the last year as the elite eight as a ten seed, and then of course we've got. St. Peter's, St. Peter's made yeah. a 15 seed. Sorry, not Arkansas, eight. but... Well, Arkansas made the Elite Eight, but it was a four seed. I'm looking here. I pulled up both ESPN and CBS. Um, That's so, how I roll. <laughs> yeah, well, for the sake of this, because I've got kind of... I had a Final Four in mind. I hadn't looked at this, but for this, for my picks, I'm going to go off the ESPN bracketology here, which is updated pretty often here. So, South Region here. Um, my first... or Actually... We'll start with the more, I guess, basic picks. So I like Alabama. They're undefeated in conference play. They look really good. Um, had a they had a really good team two years ago, and then they've been just been good since Colin Sexton. The, yeah, were they, they went, last they year? I forget how good were they last year. They beat last UCLA. Year, I'd say two years ago they beat two, UCLA. Two years ago, two years ago they lost to UCLA. I the thought tur- they beat them in the turn. No, because then UCLA. No, who did it? Never went mind. all the way to yeah. the Final Four. Remember, they were that incredible yeah, run from. Was the it? First. It might. Have, it might have been last year. Who I forget who they played last. Alabama year. lost in the first round to Notre Dame last that's right. year. They, they they were like Never a six mind. seed. They weren't. Yeah, I'd good. say they weren't even that good. But this they're, year they are really good. They're they have, nineteen and thirteen. and made it as a six seed. Yeah, this year right now ten and zero in the SEC uh, as we speak, and that's a tough league. There are some good teams in there, so I, I like Alabama to get to the Final Four. Um, 
then moving down here, I really I, I do like Tennessee as well in that conference. They kind of just seems like they find ways to win. Um, there was that low scoring game with Auburn. Refs were pretty bad in that one, but it was like 46, 43 this past weekend. Um, at one point, right now they're listed as a two seed in uh, bracketology. Right now, number six in the country. Had a bad loss to Colorado early in the year, but other than that. I mean, lost to Arizona on the road, really tough place to play. Kentucky at home. Kentucky's not as good as usual, but they'll still uh, make the tournament. And then they lost to Florida, who's right below them. Tennessee. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Tennessee. I think they're good. I think the SEC. I don't know if you guys have have you guys mentioned the SEC. What you guys think of the SEC as a conference in basketball? Or I man. think I kind of mentioned it when I was talking about Alabama. I don't remember as much. I think they're on the level of like the Big Ten, just kind of like where they have you can have a good team. Like the, obviously Alabama is the far like and away a good, the good like team. Two, three teams on the top. It's just yeah. that if they I can, well, I don't know if they're far and away the best team because you got like there's some good teams. I think I think Tennessee can compete with them. But I well, think yeah. I don't. You know, I think they'll be similar to Purdue where Missouri's they can, they can kind crumble. of been pretty good this year too. So Missouri's flying underneath the radar for sure. Well, they've there. kind of fallen off too. But like they're they're I still guess, one good team that can fly under the radar. The, now looking at the standings from top to bottom, they only have two ranked teams right now: Bama, Tennessee, three and six. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But I'll go with I'll go with Tennessee as my other one, and then now going down to the West region in this case, uh, I think Arizona does get to the Final Four this year. I think they're a one seed. You know, they last year I had them uh, losing to Gonzaga in the national championship, and then uh, didn't even get that far. Lost to Houston. So I'll take Arizona as well. And then my sleeper pick, and I think a lot of people, I'm not sure what you guys think of this conference because for years we saw Gonzaga coming out of this. St. Mary's. But St. Mary's is a sleeper team. They're I'm, a very good team. I'm going to pick them to go to the Final Four. They do have some really bad losses to Colorado State, who's currently last in the Mountain West. Um, Oof. That was a that was a rough. Well, the Mountain West is a good conference in basketball, but yeah. that's still a terrible loss. And then, you know, you, they also lost to Washington, who I thought was going to be all right at the start of the year. They're not very good. Still middle of the Pac-12, but not a good loss. They also lost to New Mexico and Houston. Those are good losses. Yeah, New Mexico is a very good loss. New Mexico. Was that on the road in New Mexico? I believe it was. I'm not yeah, sure. Yes, because you, yeah. you can't win there. At the pit, yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Undefeated right now in the West Coast Conference. So. Yeah, I'm going to go with St. Mary's as my sleeper. So I got St. Mary's. Arizona, Alabama, Tennessee is my final four. Respectable. All right, right. Mark. So my sleeper is going to be Marquette. Okay. Um, You know, I've just been. I didn't realize the Big East had like five ranked teams, by the way, either. So that's not. It's weird this year. Yeah. So I I think Marquette, you know, I've been really impressed with how they've performed, especially under Shaka Smart as coach, who used to be coach at VCU. And Texas. And Texas. Except um, he lost to Abilene Christian when he was at Texas. Well, yeah. But he was still um, a good coach. Yeah. <laughs> so I have Marquette coming out of the West region. Uh, for the East region, I have Houston. Um, Houston, that's respectable. one seed. You know, I just... They're a good basketball team. Yeah. Um, let's see. Midwest, Kansas City. Um Let's see. Are Kansas. At, are you looking at ESPN or CBS? E- e- oh, yeah. ESPN. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at ESPN. Bracketology. Okay. Right. Uh, Kansas and then the South. I have Purdue going to the Final Four. It's all This is the year they're going to do it. It's this year. Yeah. 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 It's because they lose Edie, I'm pretty sure. All pretty high seed. gone after this year. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean. Yeah. That's, my that's a good four. list, honestly. So. Mm-hmm. 
my list is um, a combination of all yours plus an outlier, which Ooh, honestly, okay. I think this team, this outlier can fly under the radar. I'm going to flat out start with them, UConn. I think UConn is a, a very, very good start of the year, 14-0, right? Very good, solid year. They were at number two. At, er, they were at number two at one point in the year, kind of falling off since coming back in the conference play. But do not count them out. For If you look back on their schedule, uh, they are listed as a fifth seed right now. Wins over Alabama, 82-67. Wins over Iowa State, 71-53. Um, you, know, but, you know, the Big East is kind of kind of new this year. Or not new, but it's, uh, they're more, very more competitive this year. this year than years past. Yeah, especially the teams that are in control. So UConn is coming out of my Midwest. I'm also using a CBS, by the way. So I got UConn coming out. I also got Virginia. I was watching a little bit of that game earlier. They're just so good defensively. And this is Tony Every Bennett. Every year. Every good. They are so good defensively. And uh, it's Tony Bennett as their coach. If he's under, if he's in their coach over there, you know, he'll, he'll get the job done. He can do it when they're the number one overall seed. But this team is different. They have their bigs that they can score. They're one of their guards. I don't remember his name. He's He was part of that national championship team Kihei as well. Clark. Yeah. Yeah. The little small yeah. zero guy. I mean, he doesn't shoot, but he will make you better and get – Pass He's the a ball good um, I do have Purdue in this one. I'm just looking at CBS. If you look at that South region, I just don't see a team that can beat that. You see Tennessee. Honestly, I don't know how how much I can trust Tennessee. You got Iowa State in the three seed. Dangerous. Iowa State is good, but somewhat inconsistent. They blew a 23 yeah, point lead to yep. Texas Tech. They lost to Oklahoma State, but they win the big games. So I even as a like fan, they destroyed Kansas. At home, they beat Kansas State. They beat Baylor first conference game. I just don't know if I truly trust if I would trust Iowa State to go up against a Purdue team. I mean, Iowa State does game. not have a seven foot four guy. So, I mean, they're big guys. I think six ten. I believe. Yeah, it's Oshini, like Ashuni, Ashani. I don't know. I know what you're talking, but I just don't see a team that can beat Purdue. And then the last team that I have is Arizona. Honestly, that team is. I don't know. It's also Arizona. You never know if they actually can make it, but that team is kind of like what you're saying with Purdue, Charlie. If this is the year that they can make it, it's got it's more than likely this year. So, all right. That uh, concludes the Final Four pick. Some interesting takes. I never heard of that St. Mary's pick of getting the Final Four. I respect so. that pick. At- you'll, you'll start hearing about them, I'm guessing, here. Yeah, yeah, as soon I, as they play Gonzaga, right? They already played them. They beat them. They did. Oh, yeah, they beat them on, at home them on the road. Last weekend. It's the first... Yeah, so I mean also and then, then they go yours was interesting too. Marquette. Marquette. The Marquette, Golden Eagles. Marquette is actually a sneaky team. A very sneaky team. So just the big East in general. Yeah, I think Big East sleepers. Yep. All right. Well, this is gonna conclude uh this episode of The Last Take. Remember to follow our Instagram, the last take pod, all lowercase, follow our Twitter account the, at the last take twenty-two. Um and also just reach out to friends, you know, grow more on us. And we uh, hope to bring you some more college basketball action as March Madness gets closer in. So, signing off, it's Charlie, Blake, Mark, Dylan, and I'm Anthony. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on to the next one. Peace out.